Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back into another edition of the San Diego High School Football Podcast. I'm Braden Suprenit, going alongside by Jeff King and doing a lot of uh, around about the county today, but wanted to make sure we had uh, a space for everybody to uh, you know, listen to the next podcast, kind of break down week one, kind of preview week two, and, and get into some other topics that uh, might be pressing in San Diego High School football. So uh, I'm Braden, obviously, and... Uh, Here's Jeff King that uh, joined us last week for the first time. And Jeff, how was uh, your weekend last weekend? What uh, games stood out to you? And uh, welcome to the uh, week two edition of the podcast. Appreciate the platform again, Braden. Had a good time last week uh, with you talking football. And I'm excited for another week, another opportunities. In terms of last week or this past weekend, Let's see, a couple things. I think one, I think we can talk about the big game, and we won't spend too much time on it, but, you know, Carl's bad in modern day, and, you know, for those who watched it, you know, the first half was, a, you know, it was a bloodbath. And you know, I anticipated Carl's bad to handle modern day, especially after uh, what I saw from modern day and in their performance against Cathedral. I knew it was going to be a tough task going on the road on national television, but I wasn't anticipating 41-0 tough. And it got ugly quick, and, you know, Carlsbad, it seemed like they kind of called off the dogs in the second half. They probably could have easily got about 60-something points in that game based off the first half. Um, thankfully, that wasn't the case. So a tough spot for the uh, for modern day. Um, they're going to be, as we predicted, or as I predicted last week, they're going to struggle out the gate, you know, trying to replace everyone who they lost, plus their offensive coordinator. Very uh, tough task for them. So that was one. Uh, Rancho Bernardo getting their first win. Eric Weddle, how about that? We talked about him and Coach Burnett and, and their ability to, you know, have them bring in their pro expert expertise to the high school program. So Weddle getting his – so shout-out to Eric Weddle getting his first win. A nice shutout win over – San Pasquale, 39-0. So that was impressive there. And I think the, the third one, um, I think a lot of people might not talk about this. How about Mount, Mount Miguel? 49-0 over Chula Vista. And some people are going to say, you know, competition. And I get it. Four minutes but on the 17th Street. two impressive wins. And you look at that team, man. Uh, Coach V has an impressive squad. And I had a chance, the opportunity to, you know, be around him or just seeing him with my nephew being a modern day, you know, three-year starter. And 
to run this system, you need dudes. You need guys. You need guys that have 11 athletic ability and talent. So he has a guy that can throw the rock. He has athleticism at the wide receiver running back position. So I expect this team to be highly successful throughout the year. You look at their schedule, they should be pretty uh, in place to do damage uh, come playoff time. So Coach B really has this team off to a great start, and I don't see them slowing down too much as the season progresses. Yeah, I I think they're uh, I think they uh, they made their schedule good enough um, where they have a lot of winnable games, and you know that's you know that's that's kind of like the the battle, right? I mean, I think. When you take over a program and you want to build a program, um, you don't. You can't just like go after the top teams in the county every year. And same thing goes with like any level, really, of football, aside from the National Football League, where you really don't have a choice. But you know, I, you want to start yourself off slow and 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 give your give your team some confidence that they can, you know, that really buy in and and pull the rope in the right direction and 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 kind of get a sense that like we could be successful doing these things as long as we put together an obtainable, um, you know, kind of schedule for us. And I think uh, Verlaine and company have done a good job with their schedule where, you know, they're not playing a bunch of teams that, you know, they're going to roll over, but they're playing a lot of winnable games. And I think that's a huge thing. And I think that's part of it, but uh, you know, you got to be able to, you got to be able to play who's in front of you and, and, and win games that, that are in front of you regardless of the opponent. And everybody's got, you know, kind of the same, same level of kid. I mean, everybody's got 14 to 18 year old kids, you know, they're, they're still kids. So, um, I think they're, they're off to a good start and a start that obviously I thought, uh, they would probably be able to get out to, um, you know, to, to start the season. Uh, so that's, that's one, I, I'm glad you brought them up. Um, you know, I thought, you know, Helix, uh, being able to, to beat Huntington beach in the first week was, was big, and I think them going to two and zero is is equally as big. Um, you know, I think it's a good start to the season. They're playing a lot of teams from out of town. I think, uh, you know, not to say they're flying under the radar because Helix is Helix, but uh, a two and zero start for them uh, is is very impressive. Uh, Granite Hills had the week off, but you know they got a pretty big game this week against Saints, so that should be a good one. Um, you know, Saint Augustine. We talked about them a little bit last week. Coach Gladnick's in his second year, and you know they they inherited a, a really brutal schedule with a lot of games that they had to um, that they were contractually obligated to play in his first year. And now with him being able to kind of change the schedule and and make it again obtainable, um, you know, playing some teams that are their caliber, playing it, you know, a team that they're definitely going to be able to beat, like a Patrick Henry week one to kind of build some confidence with these young guys. I think, um, you know, they're off to a good start as well. Madison starts 2-0. and And, you know, a lot of the the, the big boys that, that we were expecting to be there and competing for an open division championship have gotten out to some pretty good starts. Yeah, I agreed there with you, Raiden. And uh, this has been interesting to see as these, you know, we talk, and we'll probably talk about it later on, but, you know, Everyone's pretty much expecting Lincoln and Carlsbad to be the two top teams in the county for the entire duration. And they may flip-flop. Some have Carlsbad won, some have Lincoln. We'll, we'll talk more about that in rankings. But the interesting part is, is who's going to be the for the open division. And I would say there's about six to seven teams that will be fighting for those two spots. 
So it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out as far as which teams can set themselves up to put themselves in a position to gain those remaining two spots or um, be a top one or two team uh, in uh, Division One. So curious to see how that all plays out as we move forward with the season. Yeah, and I start looking at it. Maybe start looking at the top ten that was uh, put out this week, and and I'll give you my top ten. You know, just off the bat, but uh, you start looking at, at at these teams here, and there's there's a lot of teams that again off to good starts, like Carlsbad and Lincoln, and you know I thought Granite Hills looked good in week one. They got a good tester this week against St. Augustine. Um, you know, Helix being two and zero, as I mentioned, and, and playing some schools out of town, uh, you know, and showing that they they can get the job done. Um, and then, you know, you know, Cathedral one and one tough loss last week against Chaminade. Uh, you know, Chaminade's like an, like an average uh, Southern Section team. I mean, they're not a team that's going to be there at the end of the year. Um, you know, they're a school that has competed for state championships in the past, but um, you know, kind of a. Uh, a tough loss for for the Dons up on the in, on the road, and their their schedule gets even tougher uh, moving forward. With you know Brophy at Arizona this weekend and the Honor Bowl, we're going to talk about the Honor Bowl a lot here in just a little bit. But um, you know with Brophy Prep, and then they got you know Liberty in in Nevada, who really hung up with St. John Bosco, and you know, they got to play St. Ignatius in San Francisco. I mean, there's a lot of uh, uh, tough road ahead for the Dons before they start league play, but. Uh, to go down the list, I mean, you know, El Camino bounced back after a tough loss in um, in week one, uh, playing a Mission Viejo team, and uh, you know, they're just it's it's, uh, it's a lot of teams that are competing there for a for a spot. I mean, La Costa Canyon, they're they're, they're a team that that's in D one that that might be able to do some damage. They're off to a nice a two and zero start, um, and then the other team I wanted to talk about is. Um, you know, Madison, St. Augustine, two, two and O teams as well. And we know the Western league is going to be very good, but, um, you know, based off of, of last week and, and how everything played out, um, my top 10, I submitted to the, uh, the poll this week, Carlsbad one, Lincoln two, Granite Hills, three, Helix four, uh, Cathedral five, Madison six, El Camino seven, St. Augustine eight, Mission Hills nine, and La Costa Canyon 10. That's, that's how my top 10 played out after uh, two weeks, Jeff. Who would you have in one? Uh, Carlsbad. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty much in alignment with you in terms of the top 10. Um, a real quick comment. You know, I see people out there, you know, complaining that we have, there's some people, including myself and you, who have Carlsbad over Lincoln. There's the contingent of people are saying, well, Lincoln's defending state champs. They're ranked third in the state by Cal Preps and this and this and that. First of all, for anyone putting all this energy after two weeks of, of football and rankings, we really should not do that. We know it's a long season. Rankings actually really doesn't mean anything, you know, especially in, in regards to Carlsbad and Lincoln. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, they're going to be the top two teams in the county, barring something crazy happening. And they may flip-flop throughout the season, depending on how the season goes. But whether they're one or two, at the end of the day, to me, it doesn't really matter. You know, I think we and we talked about it last week. How much merit should you put into last year's work body of work? Some, but not all. You know, I personally think Carlsbad has played the tougher schedule so far. Um, let's not forget Carlsbad was controlling that game in the Open Championship uh, with Lincoln. Lincoln made that great comeback, and credit to them. But I don't think it's anything egregious if someone has Carlsbad over Lincoln and vice versa. 
Now, with that being said, you know, Lincoln has three towards the end of the season where they play, I think, Madison, Cathedral, and then um, St. I'm not sure if that order is correct, but they go on that stretch undefeated and come out undefeated, then they make a really good case of being number one. Uh, and that's, that's a tough stretch of football right there. So they were able to win all three of those games. One game's on the road, one game's a neutral site, and then one game's home. They'll be number one. So I think being number two right now or one, I think for at the end of the not an issue. These two teams are going to be there at the end. We feel about towards the end of the season, but more games under the belt. But uh, I'm with the Carlsbad, slight edge over Lincoln, and then, you know, I, I'm agreeing with you as far as the other eight teams go. So, on, on the top ten. Uh, just be for Carlsbad, I mean, it's like every year is different, right? I mean, so, you can't really, I mean, you know, to me, I, I don't know how much you could you could talk about the, the, the year before when you know, we talked about this last week when it's high school and college and we got drastically different roster. You know, to me, I mean, you look at it like, you know, Roger Robinson played for Lincoln last year. He was a, you know, four or five star running back going to Georgia. He's not on the roster anymore. And Julian Sand is the number one quarterback, arguably one of the number the best quarterbacks in the country. He's going to Alabama, is currently on Carlsbad's team. And Lincoln doesn't have that right now. And I, you know, Lincoln's a good football team. Carlsbad's a good football team. And, the thing is, is it's going to play itself out. It always works itself out. These rankings are just opinions anyway. Uh, they really don't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not going to matter. Uh, everybody, basically everybody in San Diego makes the playoffs anyway. Uh, so you're going to have your opportunity. And, you know, I, I don't know if they've made a final decision on how they're seeding the playoffs yet. I really hope it's via Cal Preps. Uh, Cal Preps usually gets the job done correctly to the point where, and I again, I mentioned this last week, you know, when the open division was eight teams, you know, Cal Preps was seeding the playoffs and there was no upsets in the open. It was all chalk every single time through the playoffs because that's how accurate they were at, at, at seeding the bracket. And to me, if all the favorites win, that means you probably had the bracket right, even though it's not as, you know, drama filled and 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 there's no excitement and, and like an upset happening. I mean, if you if one through four win the first win the first game against five through eight you you did something right i mean you picked the right teams and seeded them accordingly so um all of it's it's all going to work itself out none of it really matters it's still early on um but again based on the competition i think carlsbad's played uh based on their roster and, and based how they're playing so far i mean i i just stacking up toe to toe I, i'd have to say that they're they're, they would probably win, in my opinion, in, in a head-to-head right now. I mean, that, and that could change, um, you know, and, and we'll see what happens in the future. But that being said, Lincoln annihilated Alamany. I mean, Bishop Alamany is no slouch. I know they're not uh, nearly as good as they've been in the past, but uh, they blew out Bishop Alamany over the weekend. It's not like, you know, Lincoln uh, teed off on on some school in San Diego that that's, that's barely fielding the team. I mean, they beat a, they beat a Southern section school soundly last week. So uh, that's definitely in, in, in a consideration, but um, I like what Carlsbad's done against Inglewood. I think that's, that's a, a good win for them. And then obviously it's a care of business against modern day, but uh, overall, I mean, we're going to talk about those two teams and 
uh, you know, a third or fourth team will emerge uh, and go on a run. I mean, we're only two weeks really into the season. So uh, that's how I kind of view it on the um, on the whole top 10. And, uh, you know, you talk about the top 10 all you want. People get all hot and bothered. It's a bunch of high school kids, you know, they're doing their thing. It's fun to talk about, but uh, it's not the end of the world. It's not that big of a deal. Um, and there's really no reason to get overly upset of, on, on how you and I evaluate teams and how the uh, other writers in the uh, San Diego Union Tribune evaluate teams. I agree with you there. Again, it's a, it's a something for us to discuss and, and have some deba- healthy debate. should be healthy. It's not all the time. And then you, you, you'll be the first to attest to that when you get people, fans calling in and arguing and barking at you. But at the end of the day, should be a healthy conversation. People are going to have different opinions based on whether there's built-in bias or how they view things. But like you said, everything will play out. So just let's just be patient and see how things roll. I'd like to talk about the Honor Bowl this weekend. It's Labor Day weekend. It's the kickoff to college football. But the big thing in town is is the Honor Bowl. And, and Mark Soto and the Honor Group put on such a great uh, show uh, up at Cathedral and invite a lot of the big teams from all over the country to come play. And um, it got so big that they're doing one in Southern California and they got one in Northern California. And, um, you know, the title sponsors, the San Francisco 49ers, you know, John Lynch and, you know, going through the Niners Foundation, um, you know, a, a big sponsor of high school football and the honor group, which uh, kind of coincides and kind of puts the two um, levels together of the, uh, the Northern California honorable and the Southern California honorable, where you got, you know, John Lynch, a, a Tory Pines, uh, grad, um, uh, you know, a, a dad of, of cathedral Catholic Dons who works now, uh, for the San Francisco 49ers as a general manager, kind of intertwining, um, Northern California and Southern California, when it comes to football. Um, and then, you know, the fact that it gets to be hosted here in San Diego and, now, like this year too, even, and I love it because uh, for a couple of seasons, you know, we've only had maybe one, like one, maybe two uh, San Diego teams in the Honor Bowl, but, you know, we got a San Diego team in almost every game of the Honor Bowl except for the last game, which is which is great to see. And um, if you've never been in the Honor Bowl, I highly recommend going. It's a, it's a great time. They do a lot of cool things, but uh, it should be a fun weekend this weekend up at Cathedral. Yeah, great, great job in that in terms of what the organization has done and setting that up. I know, uh, you know, Mara Day was part of that a couple years ago. And, um, excuse me, unfortunately, they lost their game that they played. It was a great event. So, looking forward to seeing some great football, um, seeing if the Dons can bounce back after a tough loss to, um, Shamanad. They're playing Rothy College Prep. Uh, what's the... Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile 
Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Uh, uh, 411 on them, Brayden. How do they stack up in terms of um, what challenges they may present to uh, the Dons? Uh, Brophy's a pretty good school, uh, pretty good uh, uh, football team, obviously. I mean, they got, um, you know, they got some good size. They got a lot of players with, uh, you know, D1 offers, um, you know, more players than the Cathedral does. They got a defensive lineman committed to Iowa. They got an offensive tackle that transferred uh, from Saguaro. Uh, he's ineligible to play in this game, but he's got offers by, you know, the big boys, Michigan, TCU, uh, any of the big schools that you could think of, uh, you name them, he's, he's been offered by them. Um, you know, a little bit less of a, uh, you know, running quarterback that, you know, Cathedral had to deal with with Chaminade, but, you know, a pretty good football team that uh, had a really tough year last year. They went three and eight last year and, um, you know, kind of a down year for Brophy, but they, you know, they should have beat Saguaro last year. They ended up losing to them in the playoffs and Saguaro, uh, you know, lost the, uh, a close one to, to Chandler. Um, I think they lost like 13 to nothing. And we know what Chandler did at Cathedral last year. So uh, it's always tough with the Arizona teams. Um, you never know what to expect. But, you know, Brophy College Prep is going to be a good challenge, I think, uh, for Cathedral as, you know, based on, you know, kind of my breakdown. Uh, they're probably a little bit better than the Chaminade team that, that just beat the Don. So that's that's going to be a tough matchup. But it's not just Cathedral playing in the Honor Bowl this weekend. It's getting kicked off by Madison playing Oak Ridge. Uh, Oak Ridge was, uh, uh, I think they made it to a state championship game last year, if I'm not mistaken, out of Northern California. They're in the same league uh, as uh, teams like Folsom and Granite Bay uh, up in the Sierra Foothills League uh, in Northern California. Uh, a really good team, but, uh, you know, a team that doesn't have a lot of numbers. I mean, they got a lot of guys going both ways. Uh, so we'll see what Madison's got against them. I think it's going to be a good tester for Madison. That will kick off the, uh, the weekend here in San Diego, the Honor Bowl, they play at 4 o'clock at Cathedral. All these games will be at Cathedral. All these games will be streamed live uh, on the Don Sports Network. I actually will be calling four of those uh, five football games this weekend. But uh, Madison and Oaks, Oak Ridge will be the first game, followed by Cathedral uh, and uh, and Brophy Prep uh, later on. And it's uh, uh, I think Helix has the Helix is going to have the 4 o'clock game. And University City is going to have the noon game on Saturday. Uh, University City is going to play Trinity Valley out of Texas, um, which is a pretty good football team. Uh, and Texas, the Texas schools always want to get geared up uh, when they play the California schools because 
most of the time they're playing the Trinity League schools, like the St. John Boscos and the um, and the modern days of the world. They're not doing too well. So we'll see what Trinity Valley does uh, against University City. And then coming up at 4 o'clock, it's Helix versus Red Mountain. Red Mountain, uh, a team that's played in the Honor Bowl before at Arizona. Uh, they're a pretty good football team. In fact, they knocked out Brophy out of the uh, out of the playoffs last year. Uh, so that's, that's, that's another interesting one. Uh, and then coming up at uh, the night game, uh, if you love high school football or if you want to see some of the best two teams in the country go at it, uh, Corona Centennial, a.k.a. Centen, will be playing Punahou from Hawaii. Uh, Punahou flew in last night. They, they're going to be here for the whole weekend. I think they're going to the Padre game on Sunday, as a matter of fact. But uh, they're playing Centennial. Centennial only lost the modern day by 14 points. Modern day Santa Ana. Uh, they're a really good football team. Punahou, one of the better teams um, in the 50th state uh, of Hawaii. So it uh, should be a fun weekend at the Honor Bowl. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a good opportunity to see San Diego teams play some teams from not only out of, out of section, but uh, out of state as well. Definitely. Do you know the process and how teams are picked? Do teams approach the organization or how, how are teams selected for this? So the Honor Bowl, um, you know, goes about putting together a, um, you know, kind of a, a, a roster and they reach out and uh, get feelers out there of, of teams that might be interested in playing in the Honor Bowl. And then they try to find the best matchups uh, possible with some of the teams that are committed to the Honor Bowl. And, and uh, just in general, uh, Centennial is a school that will uh, always play in it uh, as, as they have have said in the past, wherever it is, they will play in it. They love being a part of the of the bowl game and 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 being a part of uh, the organization and the cause that it is for um, uh, for the military of the United States. Uh, they're one of those schools. Helix, uh, they didn't play in it last year. They had a scheduling conflict, but they're upset about it because they are another school that wants to play in it each and every year. Uh, and of course, Cathedral is is always wanting to be in it. Um, you know, being the host of the honor bowl, at least in Southern California, uh, each and every year. So those, those are the, uh, couple of schools that, um, that are always in it. And so the task, uh, for the honor group is to find, uh, schools that match up well with the schools that are, you know, committed to play, uh, in the game. Um, so that's that they, they have a, they have a kind of a committee. They go about, uh, finding, you know, the different games and, and, and finding opportunities for teams that uh, can go out there and, and put on a good show and, and, and they try to find the best matchups possible. And uh, there's a lot of teams that want to be part of, you know, the game. And I think, you know, especially with like the Arizona schools, a lot of the Arizona schools that want to beat the heat and come out to uh, Southern California and, and be a part of it. And, um, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of the, the way that they, they put the process together. But you know, overall, again, it's a great event, and if you've never been, it's it's a real chilling experience. You get uh, every team gets basically a pep talk from um, they get a pep talk from the uh, from from a Marine uh, before the game, kind of the pregame speech from from one of the United States Marines, uh, and then the the thing to me that's the most chilling and and kind of the the thing that really gives the players and I think the fans and everybody just kind of a sense of perspective is. They do the battle cross uh, before the game, before every game, uh, where they bring out, you know, 
the the families of fallen soldiers that have served our country and in other in other parts of the world that have died in battle um and you know they put together the battle cross so they go out there and you know one family brings the boots of their loved one that passed away another family brings the rifle uh, another family with the dog tags another family with the helmet and they they assemble the battle cross in the middle part of the field and it's a really it's a really emotional you know start to a game it's 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 a really chilling experience but it's something that uh no other organization does it's it's a bowl game unlike any other and um, not only is it a great showcase for a lot of the best teams around you know southern california and, and throughout the country but um you know a nice uh owe to the to the to the to the military and, and those that have fought and 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 died and have given their their um best you know their their, their strongest uh level of devotion to our country um and 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 to me that's 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 why i love being a part of it and and doing anything we can do to to, to help them out yeah that's great and you know what you said about honoring the fallen soldiers i think it's awesome uh for that they do that and, and remembering putting kind of the game and you know the game in perspective it's just a game understand that you know the kids really put a lot of energy and effort to obviously be the best that they can be and helping their team reach you know a successful uh season and great heights but at the end of the day it is just a game and um you know having something like this puts things in perspective and knowing you know and being appreciative and being here in the united states and being in america and knowing what sacrifices on the men and women do in order for us to uh, enjoy these freedoms. So a great event. Hope you guys can uh, go out there and support the cause. So that's that's kind of the big thing this weekend. But overall, uh, we got a lot of good games this weekend as well, Jeff. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to some of the matchups here in, in, in just a second. But uh, last kind of deal on, on last week, anything else stand out to you? In terms of last week? So I think yes. we kind of touched base on it. Um, we talked about Saints, another impressive victory, and they're kind of continuing their upswing. You know, you kind of mentioned, you know, the top teams kind of is what you would call chalk, right? They kind of went and did what they were supposed to do. Um, I guess one thing that I can mention, it was kind of a repeat of last week, it's just the South Bay. I mean, they're just – They've just been brutal to start the season. And, you know, me being an East Lake alum and, and living still in that area, it's uh, it, it, it's painful to see because a lot of these teams are struggling. And I actually talked to a my one my best friend, Justin, who lives down there, and we're, we're trying to pinpoint what, what was the reason behind it. Because, you know, at some point, you know, East Lake's been good over the years. Obviously, we had modern day. But outside of that, most of the programs have struggled. And, you know, there's a couple of reasons that we kind of thought, but one, you know, there is about five schools, you know, you have Eastlake, you have Bonita, you have Otay Ranch, you have Modern Day, you have Olympian, so five schools basically in a 10 mile radius. And, and I feel like those schools are kind of cannibalizing each other um, and, and really diluting the, the, the talent in the sense of, uh, take not having uh, a school with a bunch of talent because all the talent is being dispersed and spread out among the five different schools in the small area. 
Because you look at it, we have talent. There's talented athletes down there. I mean, look at basketball. I understand basketball is a different um, breed in terms of you only need about three players to have a successful team or have a major impact. But very competitive from a basketball standpoint. Baseball, Eastlake's very, very good. You know, Montgomery's been good. So it's not – there's talent down there. I just think it's so dispersed and spread out among the five schools that it makes it challenging for those schools to have a legit, you know, and consistent program. So, you know, looking at the box score and just seeing the South Bay just really, really continuing to struggle out of league is something that I've just – that's jumped out to me. Anyway, I was responding. But anyway, so the topic um, about – and I think that's where I left you last. Is the the topic of discussion was too many, too many schools in one area, or like not enough kids in in, yes. in certain schools. I I really think yes. I think that's a San Diego problem, even more so than is a South Bay problem. And I think there's a lot of schools that that play into that. And I think if you think about it from the standpoint of just our school enrollments um, everywhere, I, I just. I think it's safe to say this like San Diego's just got too many high schools. They have way yeah. too many high schools. But you know, that's I think that's a plus for academic purposes, but it's a super it's a major negative for athletics, right? I mean you're trying to get sure. as many people in, in as possible and get your numbers up, and that just naturally comes with it being at a big school. Um, and most of our schools are not very big. I mean, most of our schools are around, you know, seventeen hundred people. Uh, 1,700 kids, you know, under 2,000. I think our biggest school at the time was San Marcos. I'd have to look it up. But um, I think somebody's saying Granite Hills might be one of the biggest schools now. I mean, you're, you're seeing the difference. I mean, Granite looks really good. I mean, their line's huge. Um, so I think that's a huge factor as well. Um, but, you know, you talked about, you know, you listed those five schools in the South Bay. Let's say you take Olympian, East Lake, Modern Day, Otay Ranch, and Benita, and you make one football team. That's a hell of a football team. I mean, yeah. they're probably one of the best teams in the county. I don't know if they're the best team in the county, but they're one of the best just based on numbers, just based on you know being able to fill out a roster, right? So yeah. I think that's a huge factor. And, and look no further than Orange County. I mean, Orange County's got some big schools. Those schools that do really well are huge, especially the public schools. Centennial, Mission Viejo. Uh, you know, those are two two just factories of a school. Uh, Folsom up in Northern California. I mean, that's another one. It's just like a set so many kids going through there. Um, so I, I think I think it's a huge factor. I mean, look at let's look at football. Look at the top ten. If you look at the top ten in football, you got you know. You got a special rule for every one of those schools and none of the schools want to admit it, but all of those schools have a special rule of why they're good. I can go through every school yeah. in the top 10. Let's talk about Carlsbad for a second. Carlsbad is in a very large, I mean, Carlsbad, the city of Carlsbad is a big city and the area is very large and they have three high schools, at least that I can think of off the top of my head. It'd be Carlsbad high school. Uh, I'm pretty sure Pacific Ridge and Sage Creek are also part of that. Kind of group. Well, Carlsbad's the only school that has football out of all three of those schools. They're the only school that has football. So if you're a uh, you know a football player that lives in Carlsbad, you're going to Carlsbad. You're going to Sage Creek. You know, I think the same thing could be said about like you know I, I think Tory Pines. You know, they're in the San Diego district now. I think it hurts Tory's. They got Cathedral down the street, but Canyon Crest Academy 
and San Diego are two other schools in the San Diego district. If I'm not mistaken, I get it could be wrong from like an academic standpoint. Anybody barking at me, but those are those are two schools that also don't have football. And so now you start looking at some of these schools. I mean, it's like Carlsbad is a school that doesn't have uh, that that has two other schools in their district that don't have football. It's like they already have a combined team that all play at Carlsbad. You look at you look, you look at like Lincoln and Madison city schools. You could go to any city school you want if you live in the city of San Diego. There's really not that big of a fight about it either. So they have access to everybody in the city. Then you get the private schools. Anybody can go to a private school, Modern Day Saints Cathedral. You know, bishops, La Jolla Country Day, some of the smaller ones. Anybody can go to those schools. So those are all the schools that I covered in the in the um, top ten earlier. Helix Charter School. Anybody can go to that school? Granite Hills, one of the biggest schools in San Diego, and El Camino now is a very large school. I mean, so that's that's a look at your top ten right there. Mission Hills. You know, they get a lot of kids from all over the place as well uh, that can transfer in special rule that's why i think it's hilarious when you know people always complain about you know recruiting and all this other stuff but the the reality is is everybody's doing that i mean everybody's doing that to a certain extent so i it's just i think a big problem for a lot of our programs is the fact that the schools aren't big enough in comparison to what they used to be you know even before you played and before I played. And I think you can notice the difference. Uh, if you watch the, you know, the PPR's got their new open, right? It's like the 25 years of the PPR. I mean, look at some of the highlights from the players in like the early kind of years to about like 2012. They had some, there's some gigantic teams on those highlights. And now it's like you watch the PPR and you're just like, we can't. I mean, these schools can't be playing the same in the same level of footballs as some of the other schools that are on there. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, when I went to high school, way back when, you know, I date myself, but you know, I graduated in two thousand one. When I got there in ninety nine, pretty much the schools in my area was East Lake and Benita. So between the two, you either go one or the other. And we had solid, legit programs. And, you know, over the years, those that talent pool has been diluted because you now you have Limpy, you have Bowtie. So it just makes things challenging for those schools to consistently have a program day in or year in, year out. Obviously, modern day gets help because they're a private school, and then they, so they have the ability to get anybody they want. But those other schools challenge. So I don't know the solution. There may not be one, but there may be a struggle in terms of that, that regard. Well, I mean, you could start thinking about different things, like you know, maybe not every school needs football, and then you can have those combined teams or whatever, and maybe put a hold off of. Uh, you know, creating more high schools and convince young people in San Diego to have more kids. So in about 15 years, you have a lot more people in high schools. But um, it's definitely it's definitely a difference uh, between at least San Diego and Orange County. And then I don't even talk about other schools out of state. I mean, when I was in Texas, those schools are massive. They're massive, yeah. but they're created for sports. That is, the, yeah. the, those high schools out there are for sports first, academics second. 
And that's why they have such gigantic high schools. So interesting topic of discussion, Jeff. I've, I've thought about that a lot. Um, but, you know, I, to me, it's I, I just don't think you're on top of the fact that you're not getting, uh, you know, football is kind of down. Although this year it sounds like they're they went up about five point eight percent in um, population or in terms of kids participating in football. But, um, you know, I think the size of the schools is is kind of a, a major problem. Agreed. Agreed on that. Let's talk about some of the games this week. Let's talk about um, San Diego's section here as we get ready for week two of the high school football season. I'm going to pull up the, some games right now or discuss that we could talk about uh, for week two. I uh, got a couple of games today, as a matter of fact. Uh, we got Chula Vista playing Hilltop, Canyon Hills playing Brawley, Valhalla's playing San Ysidro, Classical Academy's playing Morse, Escadillo Charter playing Orange Glen, Montgomery, Mount McGill, and West Hills is playing Vista. Um, anything else stand out to you in the kind of the games tonight? You said Mount McGill is playing Montgomery? That is correct. Um, so, again, just watching what, you know, Coach Verlaine and his squad does. Uh, another South Bay school, so I think another opportunity for him to, to kind of roll and um, showcase his offense. So, again... Will are they will they be able to do what they've done in the first two weeks? Uh, so I think that's the one thing I'll keep an eye on. Uh, can Mount Miguel continue the role and, and, and put up a bunch of points? Let's talk about some of the games tomorrow. We got some good games. Lincoln is playing St. Bonaventure tomorrow at seven o'clock. St. Bonaventure one and one. Lincoln is two and zero. St. Bonaventure team was really good back in the day. Uh, not as much now. Um, I would imagine Lincoln's probably going to take care of business against St. Bonaventure. Yeah, I expect the same thing. I expect Lincoln to continue to roll and, and get off to continue the start that they've had. Um, you know, uh, having uh, Mr. Spiff back there uh, taking the the reins as a quarterback of the Oregon commit. I think he'll continue to kind of build on that. And, um, you know, I don't see any reason why Lincoln will continue this to uh, slow down from the first previous two weeks. Here's a game for you. It's pretty interesting. Uh, again, according to Cal Prep, 17th best team in the section, La Jolla, 2-0, going against El Cap, who's off to a 2-0 start, 23 in the section. Uh, La Jolla kind of uh, went through a nail-biter against Scripps Ranch last week, got a W, uh, El Capitan trying to get their third win in a row. Yeah, La Jolla trying to get back to where they were, what, two or three years ago when they won CIF. And, and um, who was the quarterback they had? Um, Raiden was Jackson. Uh, oh, yeah. It was Jackson. Now. And I don't remember that. Well, I, I'm just the immediate name that comes to mind is Jackson Merrill, which is not his name. That's a Padres prospect. Yeah. But, yes, I know uh, you're talking about. But, yes, you know, they had the little successful kind of two-year run with him at the helm. So are they kind of in a position uh, where they can come back and do that? They're a little thin in terms of depth, but you would kind of imagine that. But they do have talent. They have, they have some guys that can really play. So can they go to 3-0 and uh, on the young season and kind of put themselves in position, potentially get back to where they were, you know, two or three years ago when they were um, CIF champs? Should be a good team, La Jolla and El Cap. El Cap had a really good JV football team last year, trying to build off that. 
uh, this year on varsity in 2023. Uh, I got El- I like El Cap in that game um, out in Lakeside. We'll see how that one plays out. Granite Hills and St. Augustine, third-ranked Granite Hills Eagles take on the 11th-ranked St. Augustine Saints. Game will be at Mesa College, the host site of St. Augustine football games. Saints 2-0, Granite Hills 1-0. Granite Hills trying to, you know, really, I think, to me, make a statement after beating Mission Hills that they're a team that's going to be competing for an open division playoff spot. Yeah, huge game for both teams. I think, like you mentioned, Granite Hills trying to position themselves and stepping up in class from last year, kind of building off that state championship. They lost a lot. I mean, they got a state or they have a freshman at quarterback, but um, he definitely can sling the rock based on what you've seen the first couple of games. And again, Saints, this is a measuring uh, game for them. You know, are they in a position this year to kind of step up and position themselves to be, if not open, but a true contender for D1? Um, I personally think Granite Hills takes this game. I think it's a close game, but I think Granite Hills gets the W. But it should be exciting. Both teams have a lot of talent. Both are, you know, somewhat young. So I'm excited to see how this plays out. But I like Granite Hills, uh, I'd say about anywhere between three and seven points. I like Granite Hills in this one as well. El Norte at Eastlake. Your Eastlake Titans looking for their first win, Jeff, going against uh, Nick Barnett's crew, who's one and one. Uh, Del Norte won week one against Torrey Pines, lost last week, and uh, currently ranked 15th in the uh, section, according to CalPreps. Yeah, I like Del Norte. You, you look at East Lake's offensive struggles. I mean, they just cannot put up points. Um, they got shut out last week, I believe, and even though, and so uh, t- within two games, their offense just really, really struggled. I don't see anything changing. I think Coach Barnett's squad gets the win, and I think they win rather comfortably. I, I haven't seen anything, haven't heard anything from, from Eastlake that shows me that they can turn this around. And so I think Del Norte can uh, build on this, get W, and get to 2-1. Mount Carmel versus Westview, the branch of Penasquitos rivalry. Both teams start off 2-0, kind of surprised. Uh, Westview off to a nice little start. Drew Westling and company at Mount Carmel also off to a 2-0 start. I like the Sun Devils in this one as the game's played in Wolverine country. I agree with you on that. Um, I personally know uh, West Coast Coach Coach Donnelly actually worked with his team a couple years ago. Uh, he had a tough situation. You, you know, when I talked to him, his big thing was to change the culture with any program. Anytime you inherit a losing program, it's usually about the Colts. Seems like he's done a good job with that, you know, and judging by the 2-0 start, I think he's going in the right direction with that program, so I'm definitely happy to see that. But at the end of the day, I do think I would give the nod here to Mount Carmel and, and you know, have them go to 3-0. Another good game for you. Point Loma is playing at Ranch Bernardo. Ranch Bernardo got their first win last week as well as the Point Loma Pointers. Both ranked in the top 25 in San Diego section. Both coming at one and one. I like Eric Weddle's punch to get the victory over Point Loma. I agree. I think they come and uh, go two and zero oh, or two and one. Excuse me. Uh, I think they continue to ride the momentum of winning last uh, week in the first win. So I'm a big uh, Weddle fan, and I think they uh, get the second W. 
Mira Mesa, Otay Ranch, two teams 0-2, two teams that were expected to uh, be off to a little bit better of a start. Somebody's got to get their first win. I like Mira Mesa. Agreed. Goes back to South Bay, just continue struggling. So, again, I don't see anything that uh, shows that uh, Otay Ranch will get off the snide here and get their first win. So I will lean Mira Mesa to get on the board then on the wilderness column and, and win uh, over the Broncos. Got a lot of teams playing teams out of town this weekend. La Costa Canyon is going up to San Clemente to take on the Tritons. Both teams are 2-0. and This, to me, would be the biggest tester for La Costa Canyon this year to see if they are a contender for the Open Division playoff. Yes, agreed with that. I really agree. I think La Costa Canyon uh, finds a way to win. It is a big test. We talk about the teams um, are able to play outside of the county to test them. But I think Sandy, uh, La Costa Canyon uh, does enough to get the win and stay undefeated. I got San Clemente in that one, but it'd be nice to see if LCC could win. Steel Canyon, San Marcos will be the last game on Friday we pick. San Marcos is off to a 2-0 start. Steel Canyon, the loss last week, but uh, starting off to a 1-1 uh, start to their season. Uh, two teams that's uh, very similar in their style of play. That game will be at 7-15 in San Marcos. Yo, what's going on, Brandon? Big fan, brother. Hello? Still, Canyon has a tough schedule. Um, so I, I, you know, definitely um, I agree with you as far as both teams similar style, but I'm going to go San Marcos with the win on this one. All right, that'll be the uh, the last game uh, that we pick. And I do have to get a fan request in there real quick and uh, uh, kind of finish up our show. So go ahead and say your name, where you're from, and uh, what you got for us. Yo, what's going on, brother? Big fan of, uh, of, of your work, man. And uh, dope to see you guys talk a little high school football, man. Uh, San Diego needs some more coverage, so it's dope you guys are doing a space about it. Well, absolutely. Thank you very much. And uh, we're going to be doing this space every uh, Thursday until the uh, Padres season is over. Then we're going to actually be able to go back into our, our streaming of the podcast. If you missed any of it, uh, we're going to be able to post it um, on 97.3 The Fans. So uh, if you missed any of the podcast today in, in the stream or in the in the um, spaces format, go out and uh, check out the um, uh, podcast on our podcast group. We're actually wrapping it up right now. Uh, Jeff, it'd be a fun weekend of high school football. We got college football this weekend. College football actually started today, uh, you know, for, for the week one matchups after week zero was underway last week. Should have some really good uh, games this weekend to go check out. And uh, look forward to talking to you next week, Jeff. Definitely excited for uh, seeing these games, seeing how these matchups play out, and also uh, with college football starting. Real quick, why why do we call week zero week zero? Why why is it just not week? Why can't we just call it week one? That that irritates me. Because then you'd have eleven weeks. You'd have eleven weeks in the season. It's better to have ten weeks in the season. (laughs) And what's wrong with that? You gotta have the bye week in there, so teams play in week zero now. Uh, that, I mean, that's dumb. Totally dumb, but hey, I'm excited that college football's here. Uh, Horn Frogs, what about your Horn Froggies, man? What do you, uh, is, are they on upset alert? No. 
They should destroy Colorado <laughs> by 50 points. I'm tired of Colorado popping uh, off already, too. It's just so You know a lot of eyeballs going to be on... on, on. <laughs> They're going to be on Coach Prime. They're going to be on anybody else. Coach yes. Prime, uh, man. How many times will Coach Prime will be shown during the telecast? What's the over-under? Uh, it's going to be at least 45 times. Well, I mean, even I like the wait. even like the advertisement for it, it's all it's all prime. They don't have any players that they're showcasing. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely see that. So it's going to be interesting to talk about that next week when uh, uh, the results of that. But yeah, definitely looking forward to talking about some college, but most importantly, high school and uh, see if there's any any upsets that might be uh, happening. But Enjoy the weekend, guys. Labor Day weekend. Ready to enjoy your uh, your weekend as well. And uh, I know you're going to be at the Honor Bowl, so enjoy that. I will, Jeff. For Jeff King, I'm Brain Spread. Thanks for tuning in to the High School Football Podcast. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Sounds good. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.